Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to a breaking edition of the Go 24-7 podcast, the first one of the new year. Hope you guys had a happy new year, and 2021 is off to a good start. I'm Billy Embody. With me is Sonny Ship. Big news as LSU quickly wrapped up the hiring of Jake Peets, the quarterback's coach of the Carolina Panthers, to become the next offensive coordinator for the program. Joining him will be former LSU offensive analyst, DJ Mangus, who coached alongside Joe Brady with the with the Carolina Panthers this past season as an offensive assistant. So LSU moved quickly here. Wednesday, or excuse me, Tuesday, the pair interviewed in Baton Rouge, went w- late into the night. Wednesday, uh, the decision was made that both were coming to Baton Rouge. So let's start with the initial reaction. LSU lands its top two targets for the passing game coordinator and offensive coordinator job. Sonny, uh, what's your initial takeaway from two guys that came highly recommended by Joe Brady to join LSU's coaching staff and lead the offense in 2021? Well, I think first thing you have to look at is you have to look at the fact that if you're an LSU fan, you have to be you have to be pretty happy that that Ed Orgeron went out and was able to get, uh, you know, was able to get one of his uh, one of his top choices. Uh, you know, a guy that, you know, and, and he very well could have been the, uh, been the number one choice. And, um, you know, so, so the way that they were able to get that done in such a quick manner, um, I think that really speaks, uh, you know, it really speaks, speaks volumes to, uh, to how well Ed Orgeron and Scott Woodward, uh, you know, work together in this, in this situation. Um, you know, I don't think that there's a coach that there's a, a, um, a coach out there that you could have hired that would not have been some kind of risk. You know, I think when you look at this, you have to say that, well, he hasn't called plays in a while. Um, you know, he, his only experience of really calling plays is very limited at a lower level. But on the flip side, when you think about this, you think the Miami Dolphins thought that Nick Saban was going to uh, put up the record that he put up in the NFL. So, you know, there's a risk with anyone out there so but i think i i'm i'm happy with the uh i'm happy with the decision that they made from the standpoint of ed orgeron wanted to get back to that 2019 offense the closest that you can get to doing that as far as getting the guys in to run that offense is joe brady and you're not going to get Joe Brady, so you might as well get two of his right-hand men in Carolina. And so, uh, you know, I, I think on from the outside looking in, I think you have to look at this and you have to say that this was a uh, that this was a, a successful search. And uh, and and for me, that's the biggest thing that I get from this is how well it was coordinated between Ed Orgeron and Scott Woodward, and uh, and how well it seems that those two. Uh, work together in what I consider, you know, a critical hire to, uh, you know, to Ed Orgeron's future in Baton Rouge. 
I completely agree. And I look at Jake Peets and I see somebody that worked with Derek Carr for two of his best seasons as a pro in the NFL way back when they were the Oakland Raiders, I guess. And then you also look at what he did with Christian McCaffrey as running backs coach in 2019 before taking over the quarterback position in 2020 over uh, alongside Joe Brady and brought in a new quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater got him to you know play at a, at a fairly high level. And they really had a strong, strong season. Uh, one of the best seasons in terms of offensive production in the NFL, uh, because look, uh, they had to deal with without a, a Christian McCaffrey for much of the season. And, and Carolina ended up, you know, having four players with over a thousand yards from scrimmage. Uh, and it's only the fifth time in the Super Bowl era to accomplish such a feat. So yes, Joe Brady's the offensive coordinator there. He's going to get a lot of credit for that, but he did it with Pete's by his side and Pete's, you know, also worked. Uh, I think it's kind of a coincidence more than anything, but he spent uh, a season at Alabama on two separate occasions, one with Doug Nussmeyer, the quarterback, uh, uh, quarterback signee, Garrett Nussmeyer's dad. Uh, and I actually just got off from texting with Garrett and he said, I've known coach Pete's my whole life. I can't wait to play for him. He's a high energy guy. I think that's something Ed Ogeron liked. So we'll have more on, on Jake Pete's and kind of the reaction from recruits and, and whoever else we can get to on, on this one. And then with Mangus, he was sitting right next to Joe Brady in the booth during that 2019 season when Joe Brady and Steve Ensminger were calling the plays for LSU. And, and obviously it was a stacked offense in terms of talent, but to know and, and to get that type of experience sitting next to him, it's like what you said, Sonny, they couldn't have, have picked if they were trying to get back to that 2019 offense and exactly kind of how they attack defenses and how they run it. They really couldn't have made better decisions than, than these two, quite honestly. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and just to and, and just to touch on Pete's one more time, I you mentioned as a quarterbacks coach. I think his history, his resume, and his history as a quarterbacks coach, I think it, it speaks for itself. It is an absolute that if you just look at this as a quarterbacks coach, I think he is a grand slam, knocked it out of the park, you know, round tripper, whatever you want to say, home run hire. You know, I think that, you know, that if you're going to question anything, that it would just be the fact that he hasn't called plays, you know, like I alluded to before. But I now that's where I think the combination of having DJ Mangus, who, like you said, sat alongside Joe Brady, probably knows Joe Brady's, uh, you know, Joe Brady's mind and his thinking as well as anyone outside of Joe himself. And so I think that that is going to, uh, you know, that that's going, that that's going to help, you know, if Pete's does run into any difficulties, uh, you know, as far as calling plays goes, but putting those two together, I kind of get the feeling and obviously we have to see the results but if you look at it, if you look at it just on paper, I think, you know, everyone raved about Steve Ensminger and Joe Brady and how well they mesh together. I think when you look at Jake Peets and you look at DJ Mangus, you go into this thing of looking at this with that same level of excitement of saying, man, these two are just going to, these two are going to be like Laverne and Shirley. You know, they are going to be just, just, you know, two peas in a pod. They're going to be on the same page. They're going to, uh, you know, they're, they're going to really mesh well. And so I, I think that combo and that tandem, erases the little bit of, uh, you know, maybe the little bit of skepticism that some may have as far as, uh, you know, as far as Pete's calling plays. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a great point about them having worked together. And they interviewed together, too. I mean, they were up on the whiteboard, you know, with Ed Ogeron and met with Scott Woodward, too, and met with some of the other staffers. I mean, it's there's a lot to be said for the way they conducted the process with both uh, Jake Peets and DJ Mangus. I mean, them coming together just says a lot in terms of how they would work together, how they have worked together in their one year in Carolina. So I think it's going to be an exciting, new, uh, fresh, relatively young approach to the LSU offense. I think that's something that they needed. And look, if you're Miles Brennan, if you're Max Johnson, TJ Finley, and as we mentioned earlier, Garrett Nussmeyer, I think you've got to be excited about these two guys getting hired at LSU. Yes. And something else I think you have to be excited about is if you keep Steve Insminger, if Steve Insminger hangs around as an analyst and is still up in those meetings, is is still involved, you know, to some degree, you know, that that that's something else that I think uh, you have to take into consideration because, you know, I, I we saw how well Brady and Insminger meshed together. And I think, you know, when you have Insminger kind of as, as a security blanket, not necessarily like to handle any role, but just a guy who has been around the block for many, many, many years, someone who Joe Brady had immense respect for. It's going to be, I think it's going to be good for these two young guys to have someone like Insminger that they can run stuff by, that they can say, hey, what do you think about this? Hey, if we run this play right here, what do you think if we do this with the back or whatever? You know, so you can bounce things off of one another. I, and, and I think Insminger is a pretty damn good guy to have in the, in the, in the room to bounce ideas off of. Completely agree. And and with that, Sonny, let's shift over to the defensive side of the ball. Very unsettled there. Look, on offense, and last thing on the offense, you've got Jake Peets and DJ Mangus in. You've still got James Craig as offensive line coach, Mickey Joseph as wide receivers coach, and Kevin Falk as running backs coach. On the defense side of the ball, the only person still on staff uh, in terms of on-the-field coaches is Corey Raymond. And so now – they turn their attention to the defensive side of the ball. Marcus Freeman, who interviewed on uh, Tuesday night and uh, into Wednesday at Notre Dame, he's a Cincinnati defensive coordinator, will head to Baton Rouge and take his uh, interview alongside uh, his wife, who did travel with him to Notre Dame as well. And this is one of the hottest names in college football coaching, uh, a Broyles Award finalist, and he was also awarded – the 24-7 Sports Defensive Coordinator of the Year honors um, by us earlier this year for his work. So there are some other schools that have been chipping away at Marcus Freeman, like Auburn, Texas, and Michigan. But LSU is going to get a chance to interview him this week. Uh, Let's not spend a a ton of time on him just because we don't know if he's going to end up being hired. LSU is obviously going to be able to throw a lot of money at him. But will that be enough for him? Marcus Freeman, who did turn down a pretty lucrative opportunity to head to the NFL last coaching carousel season. I, I, I don't know too much in terms of what to think, but it'll all be about, in my opinion, just really how well Ed Ogeron and Marcus Freeman mesh, because it's pretty easy for Ed Ogeron to kind of stay hands off-ish into the, in the offense and just kind of let them do their thing and kind of guide it. But defensively, that's probably the one where he wants just a touch more of control. And Luke Fickle did a really good job of letting Marcus Freeman just do his thing. 
Yeah, you know, uh, you mentioned the offensive coaches. You got Corey Raymond. You add Greg McMahon. You've got seven now. You've got seven of your ten on-field positions filled, and so whoever LSU hires as a defensive coordinator, I mean, you're potentially looking at three open at three at three openings on the defensive side of the ball. Presumably, you know, assuming that they go five and five as far uh, five on the offense, four on defense, and one and the special teams coordinator in McMahon. So whoever comes in is going to have some spots to fill. And I'm really, uh, you know, I like the way that it's looking that 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 Orgeron wants to have his defensive coordinator have input into who he's going to, you know, how they're going to address the linebackers coach, the D-line coach, you know, whether or not Corey Raymond's going to take over the secondary as a whole or whether or not they're going to bring in a safeties coach. Interesting how to see how that dynamic is going to work out. But that was the one thing that kind of, uh, you know, that 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 I didn't I wasn't really 100 percent comfortable with when the Bo Pelini hire happened, because basically you had your entire defensive staff filled out and you're saying, OK, hey, you're the boss of the defense. But here's here's here are all your people that are that are going to be working with you, and I, I think it's important that the defensive coordinator has that say and. And uh, and with Marcus Freeman being the type of guy that he seems, uh, you know, he's made no bones about it. He wants to be a head coach. I'll be shocked if he is not a head coach within the next two years. Surprised if it's not next year. So I think whoever does get him, it's going to be short term. But he is such a, you know, he's he's such a hot commodity. And for me, he checks so many boxes of what LSU needs. You know, uh, LSU addressed the, uh, you know, getting some youth on the offensive side of the ball with getting Pete's, with getting Mangus. I think they need to do the same thing on the defense, get a little infusion of youth. Uh, Freeman, from all reports, he gets along very, very well with his players. He's a, uh, you know, he's a, he's a guy who meshes well and is good with building relationships uh, with recruits, just a personable guy. So I think he checks a lot of those boxes that Ed Orgeron is is looking to address with these changes that he's making. But, you know, you're when you're dealing with – I think you said it perfectly. When you're dealing with Notre Dame looking for a defensive coordinator, Texas is looking for a defensive coordinator, um, you know, uh, there's other schools who are looking for a co- defensive coordinator who will be looking for a defensive coordinator. And so I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be a situation of LSU offering Marcus Freeman. And I'm going to throw a number out there. Let's say LSU offers Marcus Freeman 1.8 million. Notre Dame only offers him 1.5 million. I don't think that that would be the difference breaker or the difference maker. You know, I, I, I think I don't think it's going to necessarily come down to money because everyone who anyone who gets Marcus Freeman is going to have to shell out a lot of money. But that relationship that, uh, you know, that camaraderie that he builds with Ed Orgeron right off the bat is going to be interesting to see. You know, and, and I think another dynamic you mentioned that uh, that Marcus Freeman's wife is coming in. I'm anxious to see how uh, I'm anxious to see how how Ed Orgeron handles that. Obviously, you know, with with his situation, with what he's with what he's dealing with in his personal life, you know, he's not going to have his he's not going to have a wife there, and so that I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic to see how that uh, how LSU, 
you know, goes at that with trying to, you know, with as they go through the process of trying to woo the Freemans. Yeah, I think it's just like like you kind of you said, it's a it's a comfort level. I think also, you know, they have um, six children, I believe, and, and that's going to be something to to kind of watch. I think for for you know moving an entire family down into an area that really I I don't think he's really ever you know been uh, you know living down uh um you know in in set in, in the south or anything like that. Um, he was a former player at Ohio State, went on to be a fifth round draft pick, and and got medically disqualified. And then really just jumped right into the coaching ranks. Um, he was at uh, Kent State. He was at Purdue. Uh, he really has made a quick rise, but he's been up in the Northeast and and uh, you know kind of the Midwest in a way. Um, so I, I'm interested to see just how comfortable they feel. Obviously, LSU's hospitality is well documented. You great food, great people down in South Louisiana. They're, they're going to roll out the red carpet. I think you know just going into this one, it's probably like we kind of talked about before recording might be a little bit harder of a pull and it and really it's not in my opinion it's probably not going to come down to money for marcus freeman i think cincinnati is going to have a chance to 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 make him a really highly paid defensive coordinator at least in the group of five ranks and that could be enough to keep him there if he isn't 100 sold on honestly any of these options i think he's doing the right thing taking these interviews uh but we'll have to see kind of how he feels about uh, any of them. And, and that's, that's kind of the thing that I think uh, people are probably going to say, you know, if they don't get him is, Oh, how, how could we not get Marcus Freeman from Cincinnati? Well, you know, some people are just more comfortable where they are. And like you said, Sonny, if he's going to be a head coach in the next couple of years uh, and who knows if Luke fickle leaves, he's a good candidate to take over that job right away. Maybe it might not be the best move for him right now to, to make a move. So They've got him in a good spot in terms of interviewing him, but this one we're just going to keep our ear to the ground and, and monitor. Yeah, and you know the it, it's it's a shame that we're not looking at a month from now because if we're a month from now, you know Ed could uh, get him a good crawfish ball and show him what real South Louisiana hospitality is like. But you go get yeah, hopefully he didn't go get the crawfish now and they bite into them hard uh, hard shells. <laughs> You've got to get the oysters. It's that type of year. It's that time of year for the oysters, you know? Hey, man, the crabs are good right now, too. So, yep. Yep. So just take them, take them to Phil's, Phil's Oyster Bar, no free ads, and uh, get, get them set up <laughs> uh, uh, over there. That's, a, that's an LSU friendly spot for them to, to, to get some oysters and, and to uh, check out a little bit of Baton Rouge and kind of what it would be like. So, with that, Sonny, I think we could kind of wrap things up here. We did a good job, I think, covering this, kicking it off on the new year. Uh, how was your new year, Sonny? Good, man. It was good. Low key. Very, very low key. Uh, you know, uh, the wife and I are healthy. The kids are healthy. And uh, so it uh, 2021 started off a lot better than 2020 ended. Yeah, no question about that. And we'll be bringing you guys all sorts of coverage as LSU uh, has its offensive side of the ball handled for now and uh, has two new he- uh, two new coaches on staff. We'll see if they can get Marcus Freeman done before he leaves Baton Rouge like they did with Jake Peets and DJ Mangus. But until next time, guys, have a great rest of the week. And leave us a rating, review, and subscribe to the Go 24-7 podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.